Joining us now, he is the winner back uh, on February um, 2019 of the most prestigious USGA Bobby Jones Award. Lee Elder joins us. Lee, welcome into the golf shop. Well, thank you. It's a pleasure. Yeah, you know what? I mean... You, you've had a lot of firsts in your career, and yet again, another one. The 2019 Bobby Jones recipient, the first African-American golfer to receive the USGA's highest award. Uh, it's it's got to be something uh, you know outstanding for you. Well, it's, it's the best. There's no doubt about that. You know, as I, uh, as I had a chance to read up on the people that had received yeah. this award before me, and to be in that prestigious company is certainly something that I would cherish. Uh, uh, my wife and I, Chan was sitting down talking about it when I first received it. I, uh, well, when they called me and told me about it, man, I tell you, it was awful hard to keep from shedding those tears. Yeah, you know, I mean, it's it's uh, you've done a lot of things in your in your life, and and I know you lost both your parents when you were really young, and one of ten children. I mean, from start to finish, I mean. This has been an unbelievable ride, and uh, you know the first uh, African American to play in the Masters. A lot of different things. What over the years? What's the one thing from a golf perspective that stood out to you the most? Well, I think the 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 fact that I was able to uh, to compete. You know, it was so, it was so hard getting to that position because uh, in a lot of places that uh, we were unable to uh, unable to play. And then when we did play, we, would, we could only play at certain places. And then when they uh, when tour turned and came south, we had to had to stop. So I think the one thing that really stands out is the fact that I was able to compete uh, and compete fair. Yeah, you, you you know the 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 when you burst on the scene, as it says in in, in the article about you, Lee. You know, you took Jack Nicholas to a five-hole playoff. I mean, if that's not starting off with a bang, I don't know what is. And then, of course, <laughs> I mean, that was just – that was incredible. And, and I was uh, – you know, I'm a little older, so I remember Lee Elder uh, better than, than the other two guys in the studio. So what you've done in your career is remarkable. Uh, it's commendable. And I, you're, you're a hero of mine. And, and I know that you're a hero of a lot of people, Lee. Well, thank you so very much. That's, uh, that's all for my – but you know, I, I when I first set out to to put on the tour, it was it was awful hard. But thanks to the great instruction of my great teacher Ted Rhodes, and who stuck with me, you know, even when it looked like uh, when it looked like it was going to be uh, a dark trail, we we hung in there and we worked hard. And and I think that's the uh, really the significance of receiving this award because I had a chance to work very hard and to get the proper instruction. Well, you know, and the, and the funny thing is, is, is I look over the years and, you know, you had 14 professional wins. Uh, you know, Matt mentioned that you lost to Jack Nicklaus uh, in 1968 at the American Golf Classic. In 1972, you lost the, the Greater Hartford Open to Lee Trevino in a playoff. Um, I mean, there's two guys right there. Uh, you, you know, you got a little revenge later on in 78 in the Greater Milwaukee Open beating Trevino in a playoff. So there, there must have been a little satisfaction there as well. Well, that was... That's what I was just about to to elaborate on the fact that I was able to uh, get get back get, get back on turn with Trevino. Uh, of course, Jack. There were other several other times when I got close to him, but you know he was such a, a good, strong competitor, and it was just so hard to beat him one on one. I mean, ahead, you know, I I felt that uh, I felt that if I kept going, then maybe somewhere down the line I might uh, I might get him. But uh, uh, like I say, he's he was a hard customer and. You know, I was just happy to be able to compete with the 
with the best early. Yeah, you know, and you, you got to play in the Masters uh, several times. You played, obviously, U.S. Opens um, and, and PGA Championships. Uh, you know, what... From a player perspective, we always hear the difference between regular events and PGA tour, you know, on the PGA Tour and the and the major championships. I mean, was there always a little bit of extra nerves teeing it up in the major championships? Well, yes, it's, it's no doubt about that because you knew you knew that you were going to get a lot more recognition uh, with the majors as as as, uh, as you as where you finish rather than just a regular tour tournament, you know, because on the majors. You're competing against a lot of top players that really, uh, really just kind of uh, move their way towards playing in, in the majors. The majors were always one uh, where the golf terms that uh, I felt that you had to have, be on your on your best game in order to in order to win that because it it, it requires you to play so much different than on the regular too. So I always put a lot of emphasis on the majors because they were the most talented. So that's been, you know, that's all these guys think about these days, Lee, is, is the four majors and, and I guess the players as well. But, I mean, that, that goes as far back as the 60s when you were – in the 70s when you were playing. Um, I'm looking at this – you accepted an invitation by Gary Player to come play in the, in the South African PGA years ago, um, an effort on his part to to help the apartheid movement. Was that, a, was that something that was – were you nervous about that at the time that you got over there and played? Well, it took it took us about six months to get uh, to get a, a visa for me to go to South Africa. I was certainly I was certainly very nervous, and there was no doubt about that. But I knew that uh, I knew that Gary had worked awful hard because he we had been in, in contact with each other for such a long long period of time. But I felt that if I uh, if I went over to South Africa, I wanted to try to do something. So before I went to South Africa. Um, uh, uh, one of the principals at, at an all-girls school in Durban, South Africa, came and asked me asked to talk to me, and, and she told me about the school that uh, the that the government was trying to close down, but because it was not up to the standard of the other of the other school. So what I did is before I went, I went to the library in Washington D.C., got the Paul's book out of that, and wrote every major American company that had affiliation in South Africa about it. Gary was very helpful in helping me to. And contact these people, and I uh, raised uh, quite a bit of, of funds to help them with the school. So, the one thing that I was so proud of going into South Africa because uh, there were so many people that had had wrote me and said, "Oh, please, uh, why don't you go and do this?" Because they had refused Arthur Ashe uh, a visa to come to South Africa to play in and the tennis. So it would be just such a great thing for you. So that was one of the reasons why. But before. Before I went to South Africa, uh, Fletcher Martin, who worked at the State Department, said, Lee, he said, I just want to give you a little advice. He says, uh, if you fly over all those black African countries and go into South Africa, you're going to be criticized so harshly. So why don't we work on something on trying to get you a uh, honorary, uh, an honorary uh, goodwill ambassadorship to go into South Africa? And, uh, I mean, going to these other countries before you go to South Africa, mm-hmm. which we did. I went into Monrovia, Liberia, then to Ghana, Kampala, Uganda, and uh, Lagos, Nigeria, and then Nairobi, Kenya, before I went to South Africa and had a chance to meet all the heads of states. So I was very, very, very proud of that and happy because Gary did so much. And to see him work so hard 
I just could not say no, so I had to accept it. Yeah. Mm. Again, we're talking with 2019 Bob Jones Award winner uh, Lee Elders joining us. And, Lee, let's take it back a little bit further. Um I'm seeing that, you know, you started out caddying. Uh, you used to cut some classes to, to, to caddy a little bit. Uh, didn't play your first full round of 18 holes till 16 years old. So, so let's take a look at that from, 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 you know, from looping out in the golf course, skipping some classes, uh, which we don't recommend, by the way, for any kids listening out yeah, there. <laughs> to, to the point where, at what point did you feel like that, you know, and I know you, you, you you went to go to Q school for the PJ tour in 67. So at what point before 67, did you realize, or did you think to yourself, man, I would love to be a professional golfer. When, when did that bug really hit you? Well, really it did not, did not hit me until I was, uh, Oh, I guess I was probably around 20, 24, 25, somewhere in that, in that neighborhood. Because what had happened is that I had, uh, I had to work on on crossing my hand, and which Teddy Rose uh, taught me to do that. I was a I was a crosshand player mm. up until the time that I met Mr. Rose, and I spent a lot of time with him in Nashville, Tennessee, and also in St. Louis, Missouri. So I had a chance to uh, uh, to work on that and to think about what type of a situation that I want to be uh, uh, be involved in, that I want to pursue a professional career. It, the life looks so flamboyant, but it was so hard. It was so hard to get into the tournaments because if you didn't have enough money to to fly, you had to either drive or you had to get the bus or get the train. So I looked at it and I thought about it. I said, "Well, the only thing that I can do is to try to do what I feel that's best." So I hopped trains, uh, drove other players' cars to to the different tournaments. Uh, guys like. <laughs> Jimmy Marin, Joe Bo Winninger, people that were still playing on the tour, Tommy Bo, were the type of guys that uh, that would let you drive that car to the next stop because they didn't want to fly. So it was a it was a lot of thought about it, and so I felt that this was the only way that I was going to I was going to make it. But what I did, when when what really what really gave me my first stepping stone was in 1966. Proud to me. <clears throat> Qualifying for the PGA Tour, I won 18 of 21 events on the UGA Tour. We had uh, we had quite a number of tours. We had about 25, 20, 25 tournaments all over the all over the country. Uh, black tournaments where you go and compete in all of the cities like Detroit, Chicago, even Charlotte, North Carolina. Mm-hmm. Carolina had a had a lot of great uh, uh, lot, lot of great tournaments there in uh, Greensboro, Winston Salem. Asheville, so I had a chance to uh, make enough money to qualify, I mean, to go and pay my way to qualify for the term for the PGA Tour, so that's how I got started, and really pursued a career after that. Mm. All right, so I know you probably did a little bit of hustling in your time growing up <laughs> to, to, make, to make some money. Uh, I knew that was coming. And, I knew and, that was coming. Well, <laughs> and, 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 and the bio mentions Titanic I, Thompson. It's well, going to come up. And I know that, you know, you know, know yeah, I know... You know I'm not ashamed. I'm not ashamed of that because of it was not. the only way that I had a chance to make a living. Yeah. Well, so when I when I started traveling with Titanic, it was certainly <laughs> something that uh, uh, that I knew that could help my game because I was going to be involved in games that were going to be where I had to where I was going to be playing people that were as good as I were, or if not better, you know. So it was really a 
wonderful thing to be to be involved with him and to travel and to and to get the experience that I was receiving. All right, so here's the question. I, I just I mentioned at the top that you know Trevino beat you in a playoff and you beat Trevino in a playoff. Who was the better better hustler, you or Trevino? Well, I would I would say I would say he because he uh, he he hustled a lot longer than I did. Uh, <laughs> you know, he, <laughs> and what I what I meant by that is that uh, you know if you if you wanted to make some money, uh, if you you had to go to El Paso and play Trevino, and that was a tough. That was a tough situation, but yeah, I think ask the, Ray, the, ask the Ray Floyd tough. about that, right, Lee? Ray, Ray couldn't <laughs> get out of there right. fast enough. <laughs> right. Exactly, but Raymond Floyd was probably one of the toughest toughest competitors as far as that is concerned, as far as playing for his own money. Yeah. All right. Well, you know, Lee, we really appreciate you spending some time with us. Uh, you know, we, we, we all uh, look up to you. We all look up to people like Tiger Woods, who've, who've done a lot for the game as well, uh, for, for minorities. And, uh, you know, there, you can't substitute being the first in a lot of things. And it's great to see that uh, you've been recognized by the USGA with the 2019 Bobby Jones Award. Well, thank you so very much. And I certainly am certainly very happy about that. And I, and I appreciate being on your show.